So, are you here? Believe it or not, I already knew you were here. Believe me, I knew you had tuned in to the Paul Leslie Hour. Now, would you believe that Paul Leslie took a little four-day trip to Nashtownburg, Tennessee? Oh, sorry, Music Row, Nashville, Tennessee. Well, you better believe it. And one of the activities Paul found himself enjoying was having a burger and fries at Brown's. Brown's Diner. He said it was exceptional, maybe even unbelievable. One of the highlights of the trip was to spend some time with the clever, very witty John Goodwin. Made Paul recall this archival interview recorded telephonically many years ago. Now, John Goodwin's really an incredible singer-songwriter. At the time of the interview, he had released his album entitled Goodwin. That unbelievable record featured a new direction for John with solo acoustic performances and duets with Jessica Andrews, Michael McDonald, and Jeff Bridges. John Goodwin's also a visual artist. Yeah, believe it or not, he's a painter. And believe it or not, he's a photographer, takes pictures. Please check out GoodwinArtGallery.com to see some of his work. Another interesting fact about John, his songs have been featured in several major motion pictures, movies, films, including Crazy Heart, Ooh, Surf's Up, The Amateurs, and Tideland. Hey, you know what? We'd be so honored and pleased if you would subscribe to Paul Leslie's YouTube channel. We're really trying to push the channel as it helps us in our pursuit of our mission. And what mission is that, you ask? Helping people tell their stories. Please believe in us. Subscribe. Okay, let's hear this third interview with John Goodwin from the archives. It's got that kind of telephone sound to it, but you'll be able to understand. Transcript is on the website for your convenience and reading pleasure. Well, Paul, I believe it's time to start this one. Ladies and gentlemen, it is with great pleasure we welcome our third-time guest, Mr. John Goodwin. Thanks so much for agreeing to do another interview with us. Happy to be here with you, Paul. My pleasure. You're joining us here to talk about your new album entitled Goodwin. Anyone that listened to the last time you were on, you were playing some of your acoustic songs, and you had this album out called Nashville. And it seems to me, for my ears anyways, that it's a further evolution as an artist what prompted you to kind of make this change in your music to a more acoustic? A lot of my CDs uh, had involved other musicians and songs sounded like they were, you know, played with the band. And I just really challenged myself and wanted to, uh, if I could do anything I liked, just sitting there playing and, you know, singing without a band. So I, I just went ahead and did it and started to like what I heard. And, you know, that's what I do when I write a song. And, I'm always enjoying that, so I figured, like, why not just go into the studio and, and do it? What aspect of making music excites you the most? The emotional rush, I think. You know, I think anybody who picks up the guitar and starts singing and playing something they are 
inspired to play or want to play gets off on on the whole experience. You know, it's, it's your hands like playing the guitar, and it's the voice, and it's that coordination, and between you know your voice and your hands, and the you know and the end result, and you know your mind's working, and you're you know you're expressing yourself, and it's just a real, a real emotional rush just to sing and play. Do you find that as you are creating music, do you find that you get more or less interested in seeking out new music made by other artists? I'm always listening to other artists and new albums, constantly checking out what's coming out. You know, I'm looking for that thing that really excites me. You know, my interest in other artists is not diminished at all. It's probably increased a lot as I continue, you know, writing and, and recording. The interesting thing about the different albums that you've released over the years is the different styles of music that you've played. Part of Me Will Never Grow Up is kind of like a reggae song. You have a couple of songs like A Place in My Heart that is definitely country and lots of rock and roll. I want to ask you, what musical period or styles do you find yourself the most drawn to? I know you like everything, but is there something that resonates the most with you? Well, I think it's more about, you know, what I consider to be, like, a great song in a particular time in my history as a person. You know, I've been deeply, deeply into rock and roll, deeply into R&B, deeply into country a long time ago. The country was a little more genuine and sincere. You know, I, I spent a couple of years, like, really being into metal, and it was like Black Sabbath and, you know, real, like, uh, seminal kind of, metal sound and the reggae I've gotten away in. So every music that's really touched my life and they've all done so equally has brought out those things in me. I wanted to talk about a couple of the songs on your latest album, Goodwin. I think my favorite song on the album is Buttermint Sweet. Something like 20 years ago, I just started writing on my guitar this little classical piece and when I got to the end of the first section, you know, you want to play another stuff, and there's no lyric to it, it's just all guitar. And I just developed this little little song which had no lyrics, and uh, I really liked it, and I forgot about it for years, and then I found it again and just started writing lyrics to it. So this has been a working project. You actually recorded it as a duet. As far as your discography, this was the first album that you have with duets. Absolutely, it is, and I wish I'd done more of it, because I really like singing with friends of mine, uh, and I'm, I'm going to do a lot more of it, too. Two other songs on the album that are duets, and one of them, you remarked earlier that you were especially proud of it, and it, it was a duet with Michael McDonald, When the World Was a Child. I was in a coffee house or something like that, and kind of crowded place. I saw this mother walk in with her little child, little infant, you know, but walking, and the child was holding his mother's hand, and it just seemed to me like, you know, once upon a time, the world was an innocent child, and just look at everything, like, new eyes and stuff like that, so that was the inspiration to start writing the song. Once I got started, I don't think I could stop until it was finished. Is there a song on the new album, Goodwin, that you are especially proud of, a favorite song? Well, I have many favorite songs. I think most artists, uh, when you record an entire album, you spend a lot of time on it. Eventually, you find songs that you're 
not as in love with as you were when you wrote them and recorded them. But actually, there are a lot of songs in the, on this album that I really like just because of the purity of the performance and the purity of the song. I'd like to say there's one song that I, I particularly think is my favorite, but there are quite a number, quite a few songs that I really, really like here. You couldn't pick a favorite, though. I wish I could. I mean, if that would make it simpler for anybody to listen to the record, but I have to say that I really am proud of a lot of them. There's a song on there, The Blessed One. I noticed this on, on the last album. Both this album and the last one, it seems like there's an exploration of spirituality almost. Yeah. What inspired you to write The Blessed One? Kind of a deep, deep subject here because, you know, a lot of times I feel like people are not appreciated until they're gone. And we obviously have historical examples of that, but we also have examples of that in our everyday life. I mean, we know of singers and songwriters who aren't universally known, but we really believe that they deserve to be as much as or possibly more than people who are extremely well-known. So, you know, the whole inspiration was like, you know, don't abuse a blessing, don't overlook a blessing, you know, that's what was kind of about it. One of the other songs on the album that's a lighthearted and fun song, well, depending on how you look at it, I, I really got a kick out of Lime Green Speedos. And again, kind of like <laughs> as far as uh, you exploring new avenues, the last album also had a comedy song, Monday I'm Starting My Diet. But tell us about Lime Green Speedos. Well, Lime Green Speedos, I forgot exactly what, where that stuff started. I might have just started with a rhythm on my guitar that I started playing. You know, this idea came to me that, you know, I'm going to lose all this weight and surprise everybody, you know, in the summertime when I show up at the swimming pool in my Lime Green Speedos. It amused me, interested me, and moved me enough, you know, to just throw as much as I could at the song as I was writing it. You know, the song you referred to on the last album, Monday I'm Starting My Diet, that song and Lime Green Speedos both have to do with, like, being overweight and songs that do something about it. Which a lot of people have that problem where, like, I have to go on a diet and, you know, they put back what they what they lose, stuff like that, so... You know, these were uh, just dealing with that whole issue, uh, you know, in the most lighthearted, emotional way that I could, you know. I also wanted to talk to you about a song that you wrote that was uh, featured in the movie Crazy Heart. Tell us about that song, Hold On You. I'd love to. I also want to say that, like, on on the new album, the duet I did with Jeff Bridges, which I'm extremely proud of, you know, really, it's just two old friends just sitting there singing about life and what a beautiful day it is. And I love that uh, that song. The song Crazy Heart goes, uh, I was lucky enough before the movie was made to be invited to, out to L.A. to uh, spend some time with Jeff and uh, the director-writer of the movie, uh, Scott Cooper and Yvonne Burnett. During the course of the week that I spent with those guys, like, you know, I started, started writing, uh, Hold On You, and T-Bone started writing it with me, and eventually, uh, I left town, he brought a couple of friends in, and they, they all finished the song together. I mean, I'm amazingly proud of that. It's just a highlight of my life. I wanted to tell you, you to tell us about this experience you had out there. You said that 
you recently been feeling the winds of inspiration kind of to start performing again? Yeah, I haven't quite gotten out there uh, and done that. I mean, the last time I performed was at this huge birthday party in L.A. back in in December. My whole path as a writer is a little bit weird because I spent most of my time just writing and recording, but continuously writing and continuously recording. I, you know, and I, I sort of uh, didn't do a lot of playing out, even though I enjoy it while I do it. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to motivate myself to go out there and do it, and it's usually... You know, a lot of fun for me and the people in the audience when I do, but it's just one of those humps that I'm kind of stuck behind right now. Is there any uh, artistic or musical avenues that you haven't explored that you have an interest in pursuing? Oh, man, there's so many. I mean, you know, writing on other instruments, uh, instruments that I don't particularly play, like, you know, bongos or, or whatever, Anytime time you pick up something new and start playing with it, well, most every time, you know, some new kind of music comes out. But for me, the most interesting thing that I really want to do a lot more of is just improvisational songs. In other words, songs that aren't written. So you turn on a tape recorder and you sit there and you just play and sing. And I can do that pretty well. Uh, I haven't done that a lot, but I have this fantasy of, like, recording like a thousand songs that way. Be sure to share the results with you when I need to have. You mentioned the last time I was talking to you that you're already thinking about the next recording project. What do you see in the future? What do you see in the future? Oh, it's looking good. At least, you know, by my standards, it's looking really good, Paul. I'll tell you why, because I'm sure I don't have time to describe the whole recording process that I went through uh, with this new record I made. Very briefly, this amazing engineer in Nashville gave me just an unlimited free use of the studio just because he liked what I did. So I went there, you know, many, 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 many times and had all the time in the world to lay it all out. And from everything that I recorded, I chose a song that would be on the album called Good. And but since then, I, I think the record's been done for about three months now. I've written seven or eight songs that I think are as good as anything I've ever written in my life. I'm really excited. I think I'll go in probably sometime in late May or early June and just try to cut an entire record in three hours with the songs that I've written that I like since I finished the last album. Is there any particular reason that you would say to do it in three hours like that? Yeah, once again, it's a challenge. You know, to do something in real time, like, you know, when you turn on the radio and you hear a three-minute song, you're actually living in the illusion that a bunch of people went into a studio and played and sang for three minutes, and there the song was. But you know how it works these days. Like, you know, they spend, you know, dozens, if not a hundred hours recording parts and pieces and bits of it and adding stuff, and people come into the studio over weeks or months and eventually you have what seems like a real three minute song but it's really not it's like you know 37 hours condensed into a three minute experience so the thing is like to go in there and just play it straight you know from top to bottom it's a challenge I think Bob Dylan recorded another side of Bob Dylan in one day I believe that's true. And, of course, I think the Beatles cut their second record in one day, too. So there's no reason, if you can present something with the performance, why it couldn't literally be a performance 
and not this massive collage, you know, with this, you know, sometimes overthought. And, you know, I, I want to do something not in the loop, and I want to do something that's like literally dormant. That will be very interesting to hear. I hope that everyone out there has kind of gotten a little picture in their mind of what what it is that you mean. On that note, you just mentioned Bob Dylan. Last night I was talking with friends, and I wanted to know your opinion on, in your mind anyways, who are the greatest songwriters? Well, that's a tough one, you know, because some people, like Bob Dylan, have written many, many, many extremely brilliant, wonderful songs. And there are other people who have written one or two in their entire career, but they're, they're wonderful songs, too. So, you know, I can't say that somebody being prolific and amazing for me has been any better than somebody, you know, writing one or two great ones and being amazing. Because when you're listening to the song, you're just in the middle of, for you, what's an amazing experience. And you don't think about the other two songs they wrote that were great or the other 95 songs they wrote that were great. I mean, you can only listen to one song at a time, so that's the way I'm feeling uh, music as a listening experience. Oh, I could name a hundred people whose music I absolutely love, man. Like, you know, obviously Bob Dylan, The Beatles, Jackson Brown, Joni Mitchell, The Streets, songs that Smokey Robinson wrote, Stone, man, like East of Burden, you know what I mean? It's, uh, there are friends like uh, pop artists like Jacques Brel, who's written a phenomenal album. I have to say that, you know, if I had to list my, my favorite songwriters or acts, I'd be at least, there would be at least a hundred names on it, because they've all touched me extremely deeply. Not just to the songs that you wrote, but just in general. Is there a song that has, or a couple of songs that have just tremendous meaning to you? Oh, yeah, but but Paul, like, there are so many. Yeah. So many songs that have deep, deep meaning for me. It would be really tough for me to say, you know, that there's only one or two. There's a song Michael McDonald wrote, and of course it's called Matters of the Heart, where I just think it's burningly brilliant, or, you know, Papa was a lonely stone by the temptations. You know, I, I can't, I can't, I'm not one of those people who can say, well, here's my top five. Any one of those top five and any one of the 95 behind that, you know, all have great meaning for me. And I guess that's what we mean when we say we like a certain kind of music. I wanted to ask you, when somebody listens to the new album, Goodwin, what is it that you hope they get out of the experience of listening? Well, I hope they like what they're hearing from the beginning of a song to the end of the song. That's just it. I was trying to, for a certain kind of purity in terms of song and performance, you know, but for people who don't know me who are hearing this, I'd just like them to know that, that this record, like every record, is a transition period, and I just happen to document it by uh, writing and recording these songs. It's been a great pleasure to speak to you, as always. Always great talking to you, but before we go, is there anything you'd like to say to all the people listening out there? Well, like, like I said the last time you interviewed me, man, I think you asked me the question. I just want to say, like, I hope you're all having a good day and doing things that you really love to do. I mean, what what more can you say to people or lots of people, you know? I did remember you telling me that, that you said, I hope everybody has a good day because uh, good days are the building blocks of a good life. When I heard the album, I was listening to the duet with Jeff Bridges, 
the Good Day song. And it, it made me think of that conversation. Yeah, I know what you mean, you know. Totally what that song was about. Like I said, it was such a joy uh, doing that with Jeff. He's such a generous soul. and So deeply appreciated him. Making a lot of my days very good and have for many years. It definitely captured, I think, your friendship together. Hearing you do the duet with him, I remember years ago when I was listening to your music, and it was right after I had been exposed to his music. Has it ever been a passing thought about performing with him or maybe collaborating with him on an album? Yeah, I think uh, that's very likely to happen. In fact, the last two times I performed with both at parties, Jeff was there and we both played Played songs. You know, he, he inspires me to want to go out and perform, and I love collaborating with him. We've written many songs together, which I totally love, and I'm, I totally look forward to anything we do together. It's just so much fun, and we've been doing it for years, so I think you can probably look forward to that. Everyone out there can check you out online at babyrecords.com. And again, thanks so much for the interview. Always a pleasure to listen to your music. And always a pleasure to talk to you. Paul, I'm really glad that my music has found you, and I know you like it so much. It means so much to me. It means a lot to me, too. And have a good one. A good day. You too, man. Good days, you know. <laughs> All right. One love. Thank you for stopping by today. If you enjoyed our program, consider telling a friend about it. The Paul Leslie Hour is made possible through people just like you. So you want to keep the show going, right? Go to thepaulleslie.com. That's thepaulleslie.com. Click on Support the Show. And thanks to everyone who contributes. Performance of the intro music is courtesy of John Primerano, the entertainer, written by Scott Joplin. End credit theme music is courtesy of John Primerano, the traditional song... Corina, Corina. Your announcer is Dan Gold. Hey, that's me. The show is hosted and produced by Paul Leslie. And we'll see you next time on the Paul Leslie Hour.